Karen demands Harry Potter book gets rejected and sent to the back of the line. This story is partly an interaction and partly overheard. I hope that makes sense. Once more, we're back at the department store. This time I was in the book section. The day was the first day after the release of the latest Harry Potter book. I think it was Order of the Phoenix, if I remember correctly. Now, a quick explanation. We had opened pre-orders for this book for a while before it came out, and we were only getting enough books to fill those pre-orders. We had told any customer who had inquired about the book that we were only taking pre-orders, and no, we didn't know when we would have a stock just to put on the shelves. So if you wanted it, order it now. Now back to the day. As soon as we opened, people made a beeline for our department and very quickly made a long queue. The pre-order book was ready to one side and we were trying to get through the people in the line as quickly as possible. All they had to do was give us a name and hand over their pre-order receipt we had given them when they ordered. There of course were people who had lost it or who had forgotten their receipt, but we sorted these out as quickly as possible by using the name on the order. Then this lady comes swanning into the department. The reason I remember this lady so clearly is because you could smell her perfume before her. It was strong and floral, and my body's first reaction was to sneeze. Anyway, she sees the queue, eyes it, and then comes walking towards the register counter and tries to squeeze into the line. A man in the queue eyes her with disgust, points over his shoulder, and says in a firm voice, Lady, the back of the line is that way. A few people snicker. The lady shoots him a daggering glare and tries to get into the line again. And once more, she is told, The back of the line is that way. I'm not joking about the emphasis on those three words. She huffed, started to walk down the line and kept attempting to get into the queue, but no one would let her in. She would get glares from everyone in the line and sure enough, she had to join the queue at the end. I thought it was over at that point, but since I'm writing this on Reddit, you know that's not where it ended. When she eventually reached the counter, she huffs out, the queue was far too long and went so slowly. I smiled at her. I'm sorry, madam. The new Harry Potter book came out last night and many people are coming today to get their books. We've been working hard to get through everyone as quick as possible. So how can I help you today? I know the new Harry Potter book came out today. That's why I'm here. She said this like I was somehow extremely stupid. Oh, do you have your pre-order receipt? I asked, trying to stay cheerful while already disliking this lady. Uh, no, is her response. Oh, well, that's okay. If you tell me the name you used to pre-order it, then we'll be able to get your book that way. I tell her, grabbing the order book. What are you talking about? I just want a book. I see you have a whole pile right back there. She says to me, pointing at a box that we had behind the counter holding the pre-order books. Instantly, my heart drops. I think, oh no, this is not going to be good. I'm sorry, madam, but these are all pre-orders. I can't give them to anyone but those who ordered them. But I need that book now. Give me one. She demands while holding her hand out to me and moving her fingers in a give me motion. Madam, I just explained that those are pre-orders. You must have others, she insists. I shake my head at her. I'm sorry, madam, we don't. We only have pre-orders. You don't have more books? What kind of book department is this? How can you not have enough for all your customers? The lady asks in an unimpressed, sarcastic voice. I did my best to stay calm and move into my usual way of dealing with this kind of customer. Be so polite and helpful that they end up giving up and can't complain to anyone about me. Because they can't really complain about someone trying to be overly helpful and polite. Madam, this is the latest Harry Potter book. There is a shortage all over the place. We were only able to get enough for our pre-orders and have no spares. You can try other bookstores in town. They might have some, but I can't say for certain. No, I already went there and they sent me here. I want the book, she says, stomping her foot like a toddler. 
I'm sorry, madam, but as I told you, we don't have any to spare. I can order you one now if you'd like. I offer trying to be helpful to get a future sale and to get rid of this lady. No, I want one now. She demands stomping her foot again. But we don't have any you can have. I can order you one and it'll take about a week. A week? A week? She screeched like a deranged seagull. Yes, madam, a week. As I previously said, there's a shortage. I'm afraid that we can only get these books on pre-order, and I'm afraid that we don't know when we will have more for the general sale. I tell her trying to keep a hold of my sanity. At this point, there are a lot of people muttering in the queue about her. This, I figured, was because they wanted their books, and as the counter only had two tills and two servers of which I was one, she is really slowing things down for all of them. A shortage? I don't believe that. You have a whole box right there, she says, pointing her finger at the box victoriously. Madam, those books are for pre-orders only. I tell her once more, starting to feel like a broken record. I can feel the moment the light bulb went off in her head as she has a bright idea. I swallow a groan and think to myself, oh no. Sure enough, I was right to think as she says, well, just give me one and tell someone else that you didn't get enough. My brain skipped. In a record scratch moment, while I internally go, what? My brain rebooted and somehow managed to say, ma'am, I can't do that. Yes, you can. I am here and they are not, she insists. No, madam, I cannot do that. You can order one now yourself and come back in a week or you can just leave and try elsewhere. I'm afraid I cannot help you any further than I have, I say as politely as possible. She opened and closed her mouth a few times as she searched for something to say to get me to give her a book. After a few moments, the lady huffed in frustration and then stalked off into the store never to be seen again. I was never big into Harry Potter, so I have never had to deal with book people, but I have had to deal with lines at conventions like San Diego Comic-Con. And I'll tell you, man, people will judo-chop you in places like that. So this entitled Karen got off pretty easy. Nerds nowadays don't play. My boss's wife slapped me, so I sued him and got three months of vacation. This happened in Germany, so the laws are different to other countries, especially to the USA. I was working for a family-owned business, about 40 employees, a couple years ago. My time there wasn't the best because I had huge problems with my boss's younger brother. He was on early pension and was officially just working on a small part-time contract, while in reality working full-time with getting most of his salary out of pocket. When I was hired, the position was meant for him, so he ended up working half the hours he worked before and having a huge pay cut because of me. This obviously made him upset, as you can imagine. He talked bad about me behind my back all the time and would try to get me fired. Dealing with him was a pain in the butt, but I didn't have to deal with him often. My coworkers were nice and the pay was good, so I didn't care about finding another job despite my relationship with my boss and his family getting worse over time. My boss even came with me to two deliveries to customers because his brother probably told him I was wasting time during the deliveries. One day I had to do a delivery with my boss's wife's car because the company car I normally use was at the inspection on that day and the timing couldn't have been worse. I scratched the fender of her car on a wall when I tried to get out of a parking spot. The scratches were barely noticeable, but I immediately reported this to one of my coworkers so no one could say that I was trying to sweep this under the rug. I did the delivery and when I came back, my boss's wife was already waiting for me. She went completely crazy. She screamed at me for ruining her car, 
without inspecting the damage before, and she said that she will take the money from the repairs from my paycheck. I told her that I won't pay for anything because the insurance will pay for it anyways, and that's what led to her snapping, and she slapped me in the face. I immediately turned around, grabbed my stuff, clocked out, and went to the doctor to get a sick note because of mental stress, which I threw into the company's mailbox that evening. Two days later, I got a termination letter in the mail and had to laugh while reading just the first sentence. We are terminating your work contract immediately or if this isn't applicable within legal 30 days. To people who are not familiar with German work laws, it's illegal to terminate a contract immediately and within the legal period of time in the same termination letter. You can do one or the other, but not both at the same time. So I went to the government office to apply for unemployment and hired a lawyer to sue my boss for illegal termination. Over two and a half months went by until I got the court date, and my boss was really upset when the judge explained to him that the termination was illegal and that he had to pay me for the last two and a half months. But the illegal termination wasn't the only mistake he made. The judge gave him two options. I can accept an immediate termination on that day and leave without compensation, or I can have a two-month salary compensation, but I would have to go work another month for the company. My boss laughed and said that I'm too scared to go back to work, and that makes him happy that I will leave court unemployed. He didn't look that happy anymore when I asked him, why should I be scared? Do you want to beat me like your wife did? So I took option B and went to work the next morning. My boss's brother already waited for me to hand me the termination letter and made comments about how difficult the next 30 days would be for me. I checked the termination letter and after I've seen that everything was right, I just said that I'm not feeling well, turned around, went to the doctor to get another 30 day sick note because of burnout. So at the end of it all, I had a three and a half months vacation with full pay, two months salary compensation, and my boss had to pay for my lawyer too because he lost at court. I could have sued my boss's wife for the slap too, but that would have been too much stress for maybe a couple hundred euros. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Man, the wife would have been the first person that I went after if I was suing anybody. You don't put your hands on other people unless they did it to you first. I'm glad this OP outsmarted their terrible boss and screwed him out of three and a half months worth of pay. Good for you, OP. I have to choose my own topic to speak at a conference that I don't really want to go to? No problem. This is quite an old story and I'm going to keep it deliberately vague. When I was still fairly new to the job, I was asked to speak at a conference. This conference was actually a promotional event organized by a manufacturer of a chemical used in our industry. I was employed by a government department to be an independent advisor, not beholden to any particular manufacturer or supplier. I felt that speaking at an event was a major conflict of interest as it would appear that I was open to promoting this particular chemical. However, senior people at my organization were not so ethical. The department was a boys club and the manufacturer of the chemical was one of the boys and told me that I had to accept the invitation. Even worse, the initial agenda looked like this. 
John, topic A, Tom, topic B, Henry, topic C, someone from Department X, topic to be announced. The role of someone from Department X fell on me by default because the other candidates were not available. I didn't even have an actual place or role on the agenda. I was just an extra filler spot. I asked the conference organizer what they wanted me to speak about. How about topic A, they said. I told them that that was being covered by John already. A similar discussion we had was about topic B and C, and eventually the conference organizer said, well, why don't you just call the other speakers and see what they are talking about and see where you fit in? Hang on a minute. It's not my role to do all the legwork to find a topic. That's your role as an organizer. My role as a speaker is to take the topic you give me, do my research, write my talk, and deliver it. And quite frankly, if the organizers couldn't think of a topic, did I really need to be a presenter at all? I thought, fine, if you want me to choose my own topic, then I'm going to present another point of view. There had been some recent research into other chemicals and the results were promising. So I thought I'd talk about that in my research. And to be quite honest, I simply couldn't think of another topic as I felt every base had been covered by people much more experienced than me. So I informed the conference organizers that I would choose my topic and I would speak about recent works on these other products. I then got a hold of the results of the research and wrote what I thought would be a pretty good speech. Well, a few days later, the conference organizers rang me up and said that they didn't need me after all. No apology for wasting my time was given. This guy is way more respectable than I am. If my job was forcing me to speak in front of people and didn't have a topic or speech prepared, you better believe that I'm rolling up to that conference with a PowerPoint presentation talking about how waifus make a better laifu. I humiliated my supervisor. This happened several years ago, but I thought I would post about it. I, 55 female, had been working for the same place for over 20 years. Here comes a new supervisor who we'll call H-Boss. My previous temp supervisor hated me because, well, he just hated women, period. So when H-Boss took over, he gave him an earful about me. A little background on me, I do my job very well, but I don't take anything from no one, which resulted me and the temporary supervisor to bump heads. So when the new supervisor took over, I was the problem child. H-Boss hated me from day one. No matter what, he hated me. One day at work, I was feeling horrible and I told H-Boss that I need to leave to go to the hospital. If looks could kill, I would have dropped dead right in front of him. He didn't want me to leave. I left anyways and thank God I did because I was truly sick. I had emergency surgery that night and was out of work for two months. While I was out of work, this man harassed me every week to see when I was coming back. He was lucky that I was on heavy meds at the time because I didn't feed into his BS. Two months later, I'm back at work and realized that none of my work has been done by my backup person. I had over 509 reports that needed to go on the website. I asked him what happened and he told me don't worry about it. I thought this was weird because these reports needed to go up within 60 day period and it was well past 60 days. A few days later, I asked him again, and he said, don't post it because he had other people doing my job. I said, okay. I then sent him an email confirming he didn't want me to post it. He came back saying, yes, I don't want you to touch it. I said, okay, and saved my email. Here's the malicious compliance part. A few months later, people started inquiring about the reports and why the new ones weren't posted. It got to Big Boss and they questioned the both of us. He didn't know that they had already questioned me about it and he started yelling at me about not doing my job. I sat there at my desk just smiling when he went in about trying to get me fired. 
I simply said, oh, are you talking about these reports that you told me not to post? He said that he had never said that. I turned to my computer and printed out an email stating to not touch the reports. The look on his face was priceless. I then told him that I sent copies of this email to upper management and that they know it wasn't my fault. By this time, his supervisor was already yelling for him to get in his office. I smiled and said, good luck with that. He ended up leaving a few months later. I got the biggest satisfaction in knowing I got him in trouble and I kept my job. Yeah, baby, this is what I'm talking about. Always confirm in an email when your management tells you to do something or not do something. This will save your life in the long run, just like it did with this OP. I almost had something similar happen to me at my job with a supervisor that hated me, but that's a story for another time. That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright free music, check out the Cream of the Crop music by searching Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.